On this week's show, another week means more records for Drew Brees and the Cleveland Browns play their fourth overtime game this season. In this week's history lesson, I'm going to tell you the story of the 1944 T-Bowl. And here's a hint, it was not a college football game. Ooh, color me intrigued. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello? You play to win the game. Personal foul. I'll pick this up. On number 99 of the defense, after he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them You're listening to This Week in the World of Football, presented by theworldoffootball.com. Promoting the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. And now, on with the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 63 for October 23rd, 2018. Uh, by the way, happy birthday, Doug Flutie. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Yeah, and then yesterday was the anniversary of his famous uh, dropkick extra point with Love the New play. England Patriots. Love that play. It was like the first dropkick in 40 years in the yeah. NFL, I think. That was awesome. It was, and and I think one of the rare occasions that you actually saw Bill Belichick laughing and smiling on the sideline. Yeah. yeah. And his whole career, like, that's the most of emotion I've seen out of him. Yeah. And think... they were losing at the time, too. The score didn't even give him a lead. They were losing, and he was laughing. Yeah. Yeah, he was not happy about the the whole dropkick thing, but when it worked, he was totally happy. All right, we come to you each week from the world of football, Man Cave, located in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're the only show that covers all aspects of the football world being played throughout the year. From the NFL to the CFL, college, indoor, and arena football, our goal is to inform our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping an eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on either iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. You can also contact us on our Facebook and Twitter pages at TWOF Kalamazoo or send us an email. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. So, let's review what happened this past week, starting with the World of Football scoreboard. Okay, uh, in Thursday night action, it was the Denver Broncos traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. And, uh, boy, what a one-sided affair this ended up being. I caught uh, the tail end of the game. Uh, the Broncos were up 45-10. to 10. Uh, Josh Rosen, uh, rookie quarterback for the Cardinals, had five giveaways between interceptions and fumbles, and he just looked... Like, he didn't know where he was half the time on the yeah. field. Uh, the one or two really nice passes he was able to get out uh, throughout the game were the only highlights for the Cardinals. Uh, but that Broncos team is just – they just took advantage of a really weak Cardinals team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Cardinals, Cardinals dropped a 1-6. and six. They're, they're not having a good season at all. Yeah, they're towards the bottom of the NFL, and if you were to rank them probably, so – I guess it's to be expected, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. Yeah. So uh, about where we thought they would kind of be this year, unfortunately. Yeah. And then we're going to jump over across the pond again this week. Uh, we have a had a really good game over in uh, London. You actually got to watch the whole yep. game. I caught the tail end. Yep. Uh, the Chargers narrowly defeated the Tennessee Titans 20-19, to and the missing extra point there was because the Titans went for a two-point conversion instead of the tie at that point. Uh, probably would have taken the game to overtime. Yeah, right? I was thinking that was going to be our 10th uh, overtime game of the season. Oh, but... no, that's later on down the line. Uh, oh. We'll get to that game in a second, yeah. as I like to say. But, yeah, but we... yeah, I I thought it was a ballsy move. But it, in that sort of scenario, I think I would rather, hey, at least get to overtime. Like, maybe you could win it. Maybe you could lose it on this play. But if you have a chance to uh, extend and maybe still win it, I think you got to play for that. I mean, instead of, hey, if you made it great, but you didn't, and, and that you're you're feeling the repercussions of that. Yeah, I don't know if Tennessee should, really should have done that. I mean, I, I like the call. I, you don't see that very often. You, you always like to think that your coach has got the the gravitas or the the cojones to uh, <laughs> to pull something off like that. We talked about that several weeks ago when uh, I believe it was Frank Reich 
went for a fourth down in his own part of the field. So there's teams starting to take these gutsy you know, moves, but sometimes at what cost? There, yeah. There's certain situations, and I think this is one where there was like less than a minute left of the game, and I think you got to play for your, you know, for a win instead of you know, hey, you know, let's gamble 50-50. We're either going to win or lose. It's like, well, how about we give ourselves a better shot at maybe winning well, and taking it into overtime? Tennessee was three and three at that time, so I mean, a win would have put them, you know, four and three. Now they're three and four. Uh, I, I just think it was it, it was not a, a real smart move at. For for a team that's at five hundred, I mean, if you're if you're a losing team like Arizona, one and seven, sure, go for it, yeah. try and win the game. But in their case, it just I don't think it was called for. The NFL is so conservative; they hate doing stuff like that because there's so much money on the line. You know, the uh, coach might lose his million dollar job, a player might lose his million dollar contract because of a call like that. And um, you know, I I like to see it. You know, it's a gutsy call. You see that in in college and other leagues, but. You know, the NFL, just they're just too worried about, oh, my God, this is going to, you know, cost us millions of dollars in advertising and, and records. We're not going to make the playoffs. That's going to cost us money. So it's all a money thing with the NFL. But uh, it was a good call. Was it the right move? I don't kind of think so. Well, not in this situation. So anyway. you were watching the game. But by the time I showed up, I, I hadn't seen all the game. Mm-hmm. But who did you think had momentum at that point? Was Tennessee starting, like, the whole, like, was Tennessee starting to, yeah, you know, look way better than the Chargers were at that point. Do you think that if they would have went into overtime, that the Titans probably would have had that? Um, yeah, the, the Chargers probably would have won it in overtime. You think but, the Chargers would have? Yeah, uh, so the Chargers would have won in overtime. I think, but uh, who knows? You know, once you get to overtime, you you get the coin toss, you get the ball first. If you can score first, it's over with. Because, because from what I understood, the Titans were starting to get a lot of momentum. They were starting to like really. From what I understand, I didn't get to see the game from a lot mm. of the sports talk. I heard the Titans were able to take control of that game towards the end. That's why they came back. Right. And that the thought was maybe if they would have taken it to overtime, the Sandy or San Diego, the Los Angeles defense was gassed. Yeah. So they probably could have taken advantage of them in overtime and maybe won the game. Yeah. But who knows? Hey, it, it's done. It's over. Yep. Uh, the gutsy call did not pay off. And that is why uh, you are now three and four Tennessee. But congratulations, Los Angeles. Uh, they're five and two now. Yeah. The Chargers, one of the better teams in that AFC. Yep. All right, we're going to move on down. Uh, this game, uh, I got to catch the tail end of this. Uh, fantastic finish. The New England Patriots went into Chicago and defeated the Bears 38-31. to uh, We both thought the Patriots would win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bears, however, hung in there. And it was a very back-and-forth game. We're watching the Lions game, and we're catching the, the highlights and the score going back and forth between that game. And, man, that must have been a great one to watch. And, even the NFL thought that because this was their game pass game of the week that you can mm. check out the free sample on YouTube where they play 45 minute versions of the games. Mm. Uh, I would recommend that if this is uh, your cup of tea, but the bears at the end uh, through a hail Mary pass, that was literally a yard short that Patriots defender, I think former lion Kyle Van Noy, mm-hmm. I believe made the tackle and stopped the bears from scoring at the one yard line mm. uh, with two seconds left in the game. They threw up that pass, and man, I I couldn't believe that it was even caught, <laughs> to be honest with you. I thought the Patriots would bat it down, but that Bears player came up with it, and very reminiscent of Super Bowl 34 uh, was just a yard short. Yeah. So uh, that is the first road win this season for the New England Patriots. How about that? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Indianapolis Colts embarrassed the Buffalo Bills 37-5. to <laughs> You never thought you'd hear that number in a final score of big old five. Yeah, five is an unusual number. for. But, uh, uh, yeah, that makes the both the teams uh, two and five. Um, the Bills, what, what can you say? We thought Nathan Peterman was going to start, but then instead it was uh, Derek Anderson, who they picked up off the streets a couple weeks ago, hmm. made the start and uh, didn't fare much better uh, with quarterback Josh Allen out. Uh, moving on, the t- uh, Houston Texans uh, defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-7. to The Jaguars, that's three weeks in a row now. They, they've allowed 40, then 30, and now 20. Uh, that defense is just not what we thought it was going to be this year. Uh, but the Texans taking advantage, uh, and that that's their fourth straight win. They're 4-3 and three on the season. They started 0-3. Mm. So the Houston Texans starting to uh, make strides this year. Yeah, Jacksonville's really falling off the map. Yeah. I, that's a surprise to me. I thought they were going to be halfway. I thought I thought year. at least with that defense, they would keep them in games. But they even benched uh, quarterback Blake Bortles. 
yeah, in the I game. Was, I remember so this team is just in all sorts of dysfunction right now. Hmm. Uh, moving on, we're going to go down to South Beach uh, where the Miami Dolphins uh, lost to the Detroit Lions 32-21. to uh, the big story in this game was Lions rookie running back carry on Johnson <laughs> rushing for over 150 yards. Yep. He uh, had 21 overall touches for 179 scrimmage yards. Mm. So he was pretty much the Lions offense all day long. Yeah, I heard he, he had that one run that was uh, 70, 71 yards. That was like the second longest one this season uh, for anybody in the NFL. So yeah. That, he almost scored on that one. Just he should have scored he had on a that little, one. little more oomph at the end. He might have gotten past that last guy. And that is he, the name that th- this league is starting to uh, catch wind of and starting to, you know, start looking at carry on Johnson. So he, I would say, behind uh, Saquon Barkley of the rookies so mm. far, I would say that these two are probably leading candidates for rookie of the year. Well, keep feeding the ball to to carry on Johnson. And, and for the Lions, that's two straight wins. Uh, you beat a, a team with a winning record on the road. In a very tough, uh, heated conditions down there at, yeah. at, at Hard over, Rock Stadium. Over 100 degrees, they say, yeah. on, on the field. So good on Detroit. They're looking improved. Uh, they got a big game coming up this week, which we'll talk about later. But, uh, yeah, so Detroit with that win. And as Lions fans, of course, we're very happy about this. Yeah, we've got uh, two 100-yard rushing games this season. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a long time since we've never had thought you'd see any, that in a any long kind time. of consistent rushing on Detroit's uh, behalf. So let's keep it up. I love it. So what's the over under on uh, amount of time uh, that you're going to get a carry on Johnson jersey? Over under five months, you're going to have a carry on Johnson jersey. I don't know. I, I've got a, an Al Bundy uh, jersey with a 33 on it. Does that count? Uh, no, it doesn't. Oh, oh, uh, never mind then. But would you get a carry on Johnson jersey? No, no, I'm I'm not into any of the current players. I remember when you guys were kids, you had a jersey every year from yeah, somebody. Pretty much. And and after two or three years, you had a closet full of jerseys. Yeah. That t- players that weren't even there anymore. Oh, I bet you I still have all those jerseys. I can t- I'll probably tell you a few of them that I do have. Uh, former cornerback Terry Fair. Mm. Yep, nobody heard of him. Uh, former Lions quarterback Charlie Batch. Oh yeah, you probably heard of I, him. I had a Charlie Batch uh, jersey. A number sixteen jersey with no name on the back. Oh, uh, that was Chuck Long. Chuck I had Long. one of those too. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the one you passed down to me. I <laughs> Must think. Must be. Yeah. Um, see, I, I don't think I've had a Calvin Johnson. I had a Barry Sanders, but that's probably sure. the only one. I had a Barry Sanders sure. jersey. Yep. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, uh, I, you had more than that. I, you and your brother, you had so many different jerseys. Every year there was a new player. Oh, I love him. We got to have his. I know jersey. he had a Mike McMahon jersey. Uh, did my okay. brother did. Yeah, for, former backup quarterback Mike McMahon. But I just remember going through your your closet and going, "Oh my gosh, all these jerseys and these guys aren't even with the team anymore." Oh, I know. <laughs> and I can't even. Uh, the one jersey I own now, uh, I'm living on my own, mm-hmm. is a custom jersey with my own name on the back. Sure. So yep. yeah. It, you I would like to get a Stafford jersey, but I just I'm kind of in the same vein. I'm gonna wait till players retire before I get their jerseys. Yeah, you got me a custom jersey too with my high school number on it. And then a and, George Plimpton. And I have a George Plimpton jersey with a zero on it. So yeah. I, I love those two and that's that's probably it for me. Well, until you get the custom with the uh the new jersey style. So the, the Super Bowl champion uh, yeah, okay. jersey. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> uh sticking in the NFC North and a battle against an AFC East team, the Vikings travel to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets, and it was the Vikings that came out 37 to 17 over those Jets, wearing really, really crisp uniforms. I like those Jets uniforms they wore. Yes, yes. Uh, good. So I don't know if you're going to bring that up, but yep. the story from this game that I feel like is uh, that wide receiver we've been talking about for the last five or six weeks, Adam Thielen. Uh, this was his seventh straight game with 100 yards receiving. Mm. And uh, if I am not mistaken, that is a record. He oh, And right now he is on pace to finish the season with 1,879 receiving yards, which would be the second most in a single season in NFL history. Hmm. Uh, he is also on pace to become the first Vikings player to lead the NFL in receiving yards. Wow. Uh, right now he is uh, tied Charlie uh, Hennigan, from 1961 for the most consecutive games with a hundred plus receiving yards to start a season at seven plus games. Uh, so yeah, this, this kid is just lighting it up. And if he gets another week of a hundred, he'll have that record for the most consecutive weeks to start a season with a hundred yards receiving. Hmm. And if he keeps up this pace, he could be looking at uh, a close to 2000 yard receiving season. So oh. good on him. I know he's a division rival and we should hate him, mm-hmm. but I have to admire when people are doing historic things. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking on, uh, moving on to something I hate. Uh, I hate the uh, Carolina Panthers and the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles because in that game we picked the Eagles to win, and yes, we uh, they were up seventeen to nothing. Mm. And the Carolina Panthers came back and won twenty-one to seventeen. They scored twenty-one unanswered points in the fourth quarter mm. to win that game. Mm. Unbelievable! The Eagles let me down, and the Panthers. What team are you? Are you good? Are you bad? We don't know. Yeah. Like what Cam? It just depends on what Cam Newton shows up that week, I guess. Yeah, you don't expect the defending champions to to lose a game like that where they're up seventeen nothing and and then give you, up twenty. You wouldn't think, but I mean, when you're a team that's won a Super Bowl, you have a target on your back. Sure. And so sure. Uh, maybe they took it for granted and they just let that one get away from them. Could be. Uh, moving on, we're we had another overtime game this week. Another how, how overtime. About that? yeah, that's eight weeks in a row. Eight weeks in a row. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out with a twenty-six to twenty-three win over the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and for the Cleveland Browns, that is four overtime games this season. Yeah, four four overtimes out of the six games they played. And this game was just crazy. We caught the tail end of this one too. As soon as the Lions game finished, they they were playing this game, and uh, Cleveland had. Clawed their way back into it. It went. Uh, the Buccaneers had a chance for a really short field goal to end regulation, and they missed it. Hmm. I couldn't believe it. We changed channels and came back and found out they missed that kick, and they were in overtime. But it was that Bucks kicker that eventually got the 59-yarder to win the game. Unbelievable. Yeah, wow, that's something else. And uh, the rumors around Cleveland right now are that uh, that head coach might be on the hot seat. <laughs> you think? You'd think. <laughs> And, yeah. and he's already calling out his offensive coordinator. It's just, it's a mess. And it is hot in Cleveland. It yeah. is a mess. Yeah, I don't think Hugh Jackson will be here next year. He, I don't know if he'll make make it to the end of the season, but not if they I, keep this I up. I think he definitely will. They're closed. Uh, but the thing that stinks is their their defense is great. They put yeah. together a decent team. All the they games just have been fairly close, and they just can't get away from it. And how long did like? It's one thing like they let him go zero and sixteen, right? And you're going to bring him back this year. And now he's so close. And you're already talking about getting rid of somebody who's that close. Like, I don't know. Well, you know, they've got the rookie quarterback. Uh, even though he's a Heisman Trophy winner, rookie quarterbacks in the NFL are going to struggle. I mean, he had some good games. Usually. Uh, you know, the the game where he came off the bench and, and led him to a victory, you know, that was awesome. But he's still a rookie. So he's going to have problems. He's going to make mistakes. He's still learning. You got to expect that with a rookie. That's true, especially when the I believe the Browns defense had four takeaways in that game, mm. and I believe uh, that offense didn't do anything to really generate points off of those turnovers. And that's that's something you can't do in the NFL. If you if your defense can get you turnovers, you got to at least turn them into some points. Mm. Uh, even if it's field goals, you can't just go away without you know capitalizing. And I think that hurts a lot of teams. Mm. Uh, so we're going to move on from Cleveland to another AFC North team. And uh, the New Orleans Saints traveled to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Uh, and Drew Brees has finally completed uh, a defeat of all 31 opponents in the all NFL. All 32 because he's played for and he's two pl- teams. So it's all 32 teams that he's beaten. Okay, so yep, so he's beat all 32 teams now. Yes. Yes. Uh, so add that to the, just the mountain of a resume that Drew Brees has accumulated after getting the all-time passing record last week. He joined the 500 touchdown club this week. Yep, you got number 500 and 501. Yep, and they won the game 24 to 23. But the kicker here is, pun intended, that <laughs> Justin Tucker, the kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, had his first career PAT missed, and he was 222 for 222 at this point in his wow. career to finally miss his first point after attempt, and wow. uh, it cost them this game. Hmm. Uh, unbelievable, but that Saints team uh, is keeping a rolling. They are five and one on the season. Yep. Uh, moving on, uh, the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys met up in D.C. for a rivalry game, and the Redskins came out with a twenty to seventeen win after Dallas missed a last second field goal to tie up the game to possibly send it to overtime. But uh, they were unsuccessful, and now the Washington Redskins, who would have thought, are in first place hmm. of that <laughs> NFC East right now. Yep. I have to hear that from my coworker all day. Redskins oh, yeah. are number one. <laughs> hey, well, we'll see about that. Your yeah. division's pretty garbage right now. I got a buddy in Washington, D.C. that's doing backflips, uh, being in first place. Yep. And speaking of first place, the best team in the NFL, the 
Los Angeles Rams continue to just blow teams away. They defeated the 49ers 39-10. to They are 7-0 and for the first time since, can you guess what year? Uh, 1980. 1985. Oh, that was close. So <laughs> the Rams just a chugging along. And we go from the first, you know, best team in the league to maybe arguably the second best team in the league in the Kansas City Chiefs. And on Sunday night football, they just blew the doors off the Cincinnati Bengals 45 to 10. Kareem yeah. Hunt had three scrimmage touchdowns. That ties a career high for him. I thought that was going to be a much closer game. Cincinnati I, is a decent team. I thought this so year. too, yeah. Uh, and then in the Monday night game, which was a lot closer and sounded a lot more entertaining than we initially thought, uh, the Atlanta Falcons came out with a 23-20 to win over the New York Giants. And uh, the big story out of that, I think, is the wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, reached 5,000 receiving yards in his career, and he is the fastest player to do so in a career since the 1970 NFL merger. Hmm. So Odell Beckham, I mean... Say what you will about the guy. He is one heck of an athlete, and uh, you will probably go down as one of the all-time greats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was watching some of this game, and uh, when I went to bed, it, uh, Atlanta was up 10-6. to 6, So I, mean, I thought, well, this is going to be anybody's game. And, and it looked like it was pretty close right, right up to the end. Yeah. So that is it for the NFL scores. On to some news. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we mentioned uh, how Drew Brees has beaten all 32 teams now. Uh, there's only two other players that have done that in their career, and that's Peyton Manning and Brett Favre um, because they played for two different teams, so they got to, to beat their old team. And uh, so, yeah, so he's just the third person to do that. Uh, in some NFL news, a subject we really don't always talk about, but uh, it was kind of a big news story yesterday. Ray Carruth was released from prison after more than 18 years. Uh, I, like I said before, I don't know if you remember the story. You know, hey, we were talking about this before a, we turned the mics on. You were on, pretty yeah. little kid at the time, but uh, uh, he was a first-round selection of the Carolina Panthers. He played for them for three seasons. Uh, he was drafted in 1997, and uh, he was uh, convicted and sent to prison of uh, hiring a hitman to uh, kill his pregnant girlfriend, which... Uh, did happen. His his girlfriend was shot and uh, she died. Uh, the baby lived, uh, and he's been in. Caruth uh, has been in prison all this time. Um, she was shot in 1999. Uh, the child has cerebral palsy, and he says now that he wants to have some kind of relationship with his uh, his son. But uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But uh, something interesting that just came out uh, a few hours ago: the NFL is now banning the sale of Ray Caruth custom-made jerseys, so you can't go out and make yourself a Ray Carruth jersey with a Carolina Panthers, uh, uh, you know, f for their team jersey. Right. And uh, and you're not going to be able to wear one in the stadium if you have one. Dang. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess pretty, that makes pretty sense. Sad, pretty sad story. I, I vaguely recall this story back in the day. Yeah. I uh, haven't thought about it in probably the 20 years yeah. since this happened. He was a decent player, but, you know, just some off-the-field issues and, uh, man. Uh, really sad, sad story. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think he'd ever see the light of day, but they said it. he's been in uh, prison for 18 years and 11 months, which was the minimum. I think he was sentenced to 18 to 24 years in prison. So he got out you know, on good behavior or whatever. Um, they showed him being released from prison on the news yesterday. And it's just uh, a sad story and, and brought up, brought back some, some bad memories of everything that, that happened back then. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to move on to some college scores, and we're going to talk about some upsets in uh, – Week eight uh, in the top twenty-five, unranked Purdue over number tw number two Ohio State, forty-nine to twenty. Yeah, that's probably did, the did biggest you see that one, one coming. I did not see that coming, <laughs> but I mean, if you're in the state of Michigan and the weekend that the the state had with football, you know that that was a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's big for Michigan and Michigan State fans. And speaking of those two teams, not that it's an upset, but no. Uh, but number six, uh, Michigan beat number twenty-four, Michigan State, twenty-one to seven. That was, like you said, the big, big game here in the state of Michigan over the weekend. Uh, yeah, rivalry weekend. Rivalry and, week in <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, when the whole state is divided. Yeah, yep, it's basically divided right down the middle of the state. Everybody is either you know likes one or the other. So, yep. uh, bragging rights go to Michigan for and, the next and twelve months. If you even caught a whiff of this game, whether it was the pregame uh, antics that happened with the player. Uh, scuffing up the yep, Spartans up the, logo or yep. the Spartans coming out and running over Michigan players during yeah. their walkthrough. Yeah. It's just, it was crazy drama, and uh, I love every second of it. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, unranked Temple over number 20, Cincinnati, 24-17. to 
and uh, number 25 uh, Washington Washington State. State beat number 12 Oregon 34 to 20. Uh, Syracuse over uh, North Carolina, forty to thirty-seven. That was a double overtime game. Always love those overtime yep, games. Yeah, and uh, and Nebraska gets their first win of the season, beating Minnesota fifty-three to twenty-eight. A former Western Michigan head coach, uh, now the, the head coach over there in Minnesota. 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 And uh, don't you remember that story we had about the, a bar in Iowa just across the border was offering free beer to yeah. Nebraska Any fans? Any follow-up on that? I did not. I didn't, haven't seen anything about that. But I'm assuming that the beer was finally uh, unlocked yeah. and uh, uh, fans were... And, and didn't Nebraska uh, wear some really uh, really nice uniforms over the weekend? I want to say it was Nebraska. I don't recall Nebraska. Somebody was wearing like these really cool legacy jerseys. I want to say it was Nebraska. Uh, the uh, LSU war war. I know war. LSU had some, but I want to say Nebraska. I'll have to look that up while you keep talking. Okay, uh, local locally, there was another rivalry weekend here for Western Michigan. They took on uh, in-state rival Central Michigan and uh, beat Central Michigan thirty-five to ten. Western Michigan is now bowl eligible for the fifth year in a row. Their next game is going to be this Thursday night versus Toledo. And I looked at the college schedule. There are five games on Thursday night, and there are five more games, college games, on Friday night. Dang. What happened to the, the Saturday only? You know, the Western's got a, a Thursday night game and followed up by two, I think, Tuesday night games. They, they've got this whole Maction thing. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of all these early week games. I I understand it. The you know, ESPN or whoever is paying them big bucks. Big bucks to, to be on TV in the middle of the week. I've been to a Tuesday night game, and I, I think they even had a Wednesday night game once. But it's just I don't like it from the fact that they're messing with the college football tradition. But I understand, you know, a, a mid, mid-sized school like Western can't afford to pass up the money that uh, ESPN is throwing their way to, to switch their games to a Tuesday night. So they've got a couple of Tuesday night games coming up. Uh, moving on to uh, the FCS, there were uh, three double overtime games in FCS. Marist over Davidson, 48-41. Georgetown over Lehigh, 22-16. And Mississippi Valley over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 48-47. Those were all double overtime games. In Division Three, locally, uh, Kalamazoo College improved to 7-0 and with a 17-10 to win over the Alma Scots. So locally, Kalamazoo College uh, is looking really, really good this year. In the National Junior College Athletic Association, our favorite college, Snow College, in Ephraim, Utah, had a bye week. Um, they're going to be playing at Arizona Western in Yuma, Arizona, come October 27th. Right now, Arizona, or I'm sorry, uh, Snow College is ranked number eight in, uh, nationally in the National Junior College Athletic Association. In a, well, I, I did oh, find those something? uniforms real, okay. real quick uh, while you're about to talk about more uniforms. Uh, they don't say who they're going to wear these uniforms against, but it's Nebraska. I did see this earlier in the week. Oh, so it's an upcoming uniform. It looks like they're going to be wearing like a helmet that oh, okay. reminisces an old white a le- a leather, uh, leather helmet. helmet. Okay. And their uniforms are like basic, just uh, old yeah. school looking. Yeah, I hadn't seen that yet. But yeah, uh, you know Notre Dame did that uh, last year. Yeah, they, they had a, a helmet that looked like it, it had. Uh, uh, elements of a leather helmet, you know, the, the straps and stripes going right. different ways. I just assume they were wearing that really this good. week, no. but uh, I don't no, know I don't when they're so. going to do it. They didn't say who they were going to wear those uniforms against. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of uh, different uniforms, Navy is going to be wearing a special uniform in their upcoming game against Army on December 8th, and they're actually going to have their GOAT logo on the helmet, which I've never seen before. Normally they, they have a, uh, like a gold or a white helmet, maybe, maybe an anchor on it, um, but, uh, yeah, this is something different I haven't seen before. I, I think it was a blue helmet with the, with the GOAT logo on it. Hmm. I'm not sure. I, I posted a, a tweet about that, so uh, you can look that up later. But, uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're coming out with a special uniform. No, no word on whether Army is going to wear anything special for that game, but uh, uh, the Army-Navy game is coming up on December 8th. Uh, okay, I guess we will move on to some CFL news if you want to. Yeah, uh, the CFL winding their season down uh, right now. Uh, and it started in Friday night action with the Ottawa Red Blacks defeating the Hamilton Tiger Cats 35-31. to uh, Ottawa kicker Lewis Ward makes his 45th consecutive field goal, wow. breaking the record of 44 held by Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, that's, that's quite an achievement. Uh, I know they made a big deal out of him getting his 40th consecutive field goal uh, a week or so ago, and, 
and now he's got the all-time record uh, of 45. And is this just in Canadian football, or is this overall professional football? Uh, this is for, for all professional football. Okay. I was going to say, I don't remember Vinatieri playing in the CFL. No, no. He, okay. Uh, also in Friday Night Action, the British Columbia Lions took out the Edmonton Eskimos 42-32, to helping British Columbia to clinch a playoff spot. And uh, the big thing from this game, and if you're anywhere on the internet, you probably saw this play of a uh, oh, yes. British Columbia defender uh, <laughs> taunting a Edmonton Eskimo wide receiver and just getting leveled out. It, it was pretty fantastic, yeah. but it was at, uh, British Columbia yeah, that just, came out with that Just win. before the play started, the defender is across the line of scrimmage, and he's just giving him the old hand signal, like, come on, come on, bring it. Let's see what you got. And he just gets run over by yeah. by one of the wide receivers. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised him. you hadn't seen that. I was glad no, I, I was able not. to show when that you, to you. You brought that up to me. I, I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, and then uh, on Saturday night, the Toronto Argonauts, in a great game against the Montreal Alouettes, came out with the victory 26 to 22 i was able to catch a little bit of this game after because we got together we watched the michigan michigan state game uh, i had went home and I, you were trying to watch the start of this game yeah uh but your internet is not fantastic yeah, so i got sucks. home in my perfect internet and was able to stream this game in perfect quality and it caught a thriller of a game uh edmonton or edmonton toronto slowly came back they were kicking a couple field goals off a couple drives and eventually busted out a big touchdown uh, to grab the lead. Manziel actually looked really good for the Alouettes, but he just couldn't pull out the victory. Yeah, I think Montreal was ahead most of this game. They were, so. but it, it was until the last few minutes of the yep. game that Toronto took that lead. Yeah, and then and then they actually uh, they came down to one last play with a Hail Mary, and I guess they took Manziel out for that yep, last play. Yeah, they took play, him out for the last play. Put yep. the backup in. Evidently, they felt he had a stronger But he arm. ended up getting sacked. And he got so sacked anyway, yeah. and uh, Manziel was a little bit upset with that. He he immediately ran off the field without shaking Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was – I didn't – I get it. This isn't an Andrew Luck situation where he had arm yeah. surgery and he yeah. couldn't throw it down the field. Yeah. Manziel yeah. was probably capable of throwing it down the field. Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, so some drama up north of the border with Johnny yeah, both, Manziel. I think both teams only had three wins so far, so this is kind of a loser bowl game. But, Pretty much. But it was still it was a good game between uh, two evenly matched teams. Yeah, if you and, want to uh, call it that. You know, so Manziel's still looking for his first win up there. I thought yeah. this was going to be the week that he was going to get yeah, that first Yeah, they say win. this is the longest uh, losing streak uh, for a quarterback starting in the CFL. Oh, really? So, oh, wow. Uh, I believe that's what they said during the broadcast. Uh, okay. I have to look that up. And in the final game on Saturday, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defeated the Calgary Stampeders 29-24. to Yeah, Calgary's had a playoff spot locked up for quite a while. I think oh, they yeah. might be uh, – I think, I think they've had a playoff spot players. locked up for three years yeah. now. <laughs> but uh, on by of the this week was Winnipeg. Uh, so with that, we're going to jump over and look at the standings real quick. Uh, obviously, at the top of the West Division, the Calgary Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, have locked up playoff spots. Calgary 12-4, and four, Saskatchewan 11-6. and six. And third place is the 9-7 and seven Winnipeg Blue Bombers who didn't play. Which is funny because in the fourth spot of the West, the British Columbia Lions also at nine and seven have that clinch spot. So I don't know how you can be at number four in your division well, and already clinched a spot. Edmonton is right there too, like a game behind. And so Edmonton's behind them at it's eight possible and nine. That, that maybe uh, you know, there's some tiebreakers involved. Yeah. 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 So who knows? Uh, so yeah, Edmonton at eight and nine. Uh, down in the East Division, the Ottawa Red Blacks at nine and seven. The Hamilton Tiger Cats at eight and eight. Toronto with that victory uh, move up to four and twelve, and Montreal <laughs> slides back down to three and thirteen. Mm. And as we've done the last few weeks, we look at the playoff picture. And if the playoffs were to start this week in the East, it would be Calgary, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg as the three teams in the West. And in the East, it would be Ottawa, Hamilton, and with the crossover spot, British Columbia would come over to the East from that West division. Okay. So. Uh, yep, it's getting good over there. Um, I'm kind of pulling for British Columbia. <laughs> I, I think it's mainly because of the uniforms. Yeah, but, you uh, love their uniforms. But, yeah, uh, that is it for the CFL and the playoff picture. All right, and that wraps up our World of Football scoreboard for this week. Uh, moving on to some good, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly in uniforms this week. Uh, good, I had uh, the Jets all green oh, yeah. uniform. That was, if we, that was if we ever nice. do the the YouTube uh, show I want to do <laughs> about top uniforms, uh, I would think about putting the New York Jets up there. Yeah, and I also liked Kansas City's all red uniform. Yeah, that's it's all right. Yeah, I that, mean, it's, that work all yellow does not work, 
but all red you, in this uh, case d- does work. Are you all referring green, to the all yellow of the uh, Oregon Los Angeles Rams that they wore uh, this yeah, week? Yeah, that that too. Yeah. Uh, so for ugly uniforms, I had the Arizona Cardinals uh, Thursday night football black uniforms. I don't like it when the Cardinals wore black. They're a red team. Uh, the L.A. Rams all yellow. Yep. Uh, and then moving on to some college teams, Boise State. Uh, who you associate with their blue? Blue. Yeah. They wore an orange uniform, which orange is like one of their secondary colors, uh, but it just did not work. That yeah. orange team on that blue field, no. Uh, Tulsa. They wore a white helmet with uh, with their name that you couldn't even read it. Yeah, um, I mean that wasn't terrible. It was just a hard helmet to read. I wouldn't yeah. call it a bad uniform, but it was just a yeah, yeah. I didn't like the helmet. Yeah. Uh, University of South Florida. They had black uniforms and black helmets with green and yellow logos and numbers. You saw a picture yeah, of that. It was, that was awful. It was a weird – I like the design, like the uh, – maybe not the color scheme, but I thought the design of the uniform was actually really good, but I would have changed the colors up mm. if you were going to keep it black. But, yeah, it was like a weird tie-dye green and yellow yeah. number. Yeah, the, the the top and bottom of the numbers were green, and the middle part was yellow, so it was like faded in between green yeah, and yellow. It was, it was a really odd choice. It yeah. was definitely uh, – Interesting to look at, but definitely not uh, something I would uh, give a thumbs up to. Yeah, and then Northwestern had an ugly white helmet also. I think it's only ugly when you can't tell what the logo on your helmet is. And Mm. with that N, the way that Northwestern logo is, the middle of the N is very thin. So you couldn't even I couldn't even tell it was the N yeah. on their helmet from a distance. It was yeah. really you had to really squint to make that out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I caught the first episode of a uh, Netflix series called Snoop Coach Snoop. Yeah, I've been telling you to check this out for a while. I haven't seen it personally, but you're always into checking out these new football shows. So. Yeah, I I finally caught the first episode. Uh, it's an eight episode series. It uh, premiered on February second, uh, twenty eighteen. So it's it's only what six eight months old. Um, and it follows Snoop Dogg with his uh, SYFL, the Snoop Youth Football League, which is something he started 13 years ago, right around 2005. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of liked him as a coach. You know, he's, he's not really a coach. He, he, one of his best friends is coaching his team, but it's his league, and, and he's pretty much involved. He goes to practices. You know, he sets his So is he overseeing up. just one team, or is he overseeing, like, all the teams and kind of talking to all the different kids? In this first episode, it's, it's basically his uh, his team. That he, they call him the, the Snoop Steelers hmm. is the one team. And like like I said, well, one of his best friends is, is coaching the team, and he shows up for practices, helps with practice, and he's there at games cheering them on. Uh, so uh, I don't know how many teams there are in this whole league, but um, uh, they in this first episode anyway, it, they concentrated just on the one team. And uh, what I thought was funny is uh, the first game that they played, he actually flew this entire team of, what, 13-year-olds? or I don't, I don't remember how, how old these kids were. They're a little bit older. I, I think they, they start them, you know, like age 6. It's like age 6 to 13, something like that. Uh, he flew the team up to Seattle. <laughs> for a game and they're so, from what like la yeah or? from the inner city of, of los angeles so how many inner city kids get to jump on an airplane and fly up to seattle just to play a game well when you're in, in snoop's hotel, league or... i'm sure that happens every week <laughs> but it was interesting uh his uh, t- his team lost 24 to 7 to another team and um uh, while they were up there in Washington, they got to uh, to go to a, a Washington Huskies football game, college game, and uh, one of their former players that was in Snoop's league that started out, uh, the one coach was saying, man, that kid was started out with us at age six, and we had him for several years, and now he's playing for the Washington Huskies. So they were uh, they were on the sidelines of the game, and that player came over and talked to all the coaches and, and uh, said hello to some of the kids that were there. So that was kind of cool. Um, but it's it's interesting, you know, and like Snoop was saying, you know, he's he's got. I his... love hearing you just say Snoop, like <laughs> like your buddies with him. Yeah, yeah, and my my friend Snoop. You know, he Snoop. Was, he's on the, the screen. D O double G. And, and he was talking about how you know he's got one persona when he goes out and performs his concerts. Oh yeah. You know, and he's that kind of guy. And then when he's when he's coaching, he's a totally different guy. It's 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 about the kids. And is that and... is that really how you saw it too? Like what, it the way he was coaching? It is. Yeah. But still. This was kind of like uh, Friday Night Tykes. There's a oh. lot of swearing. The coaches are swearing at the kids. I mean, uh, which it's just the culture, I guess. But it, it, it was kind of hard to watch. You know, they're dropping the f bomb. You know, while they're trying to coach these kids. Well, you know, why are you over there? You're supposed to be over here, and blah blah blah. So uh, it was a little bit like Friday Night Tykes, which I hated when I saw an episode or two of that because it just it really bothered me uh, the way they were treated. But, the, and, but this has actually got some charm to it. You actually. 
I I like Snoop's attitude. Okay. Uh, uh, about you know, hey, this is He's, this is the kids. We're trying to do something good for the kids. You know, I, I don't smoke pot around the kids. You know, right. this this is what I do. As long as that's the focus of the right. show, you know, like making it about the kids, and obviously right. you, you have Snoop to kind of. It sounds like he's bring his, people in. His uh, his head and his his heart are, are in the right place, trying to help these kids to to uh, better themselves and teach them you know fundamentals and and trying to get them on the right path in life. So, you know, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, shoot. Maybe we should try to get Snoop on the show. <laughs> I mean, I, if we can pass uh, Prop 2 in Michigan or Prop 1, whatever it is, uh, in uh, the elections, yeah. I say we have Snoop on, and him and I will have a great time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, in, uh, in other news, the Alliance of American Football has released their 2019 schedule. Uh, there's going to be four games each week for a total of 10 weeks, and it's going to begin February 9th, and it's going to go. the regular season goes through April 14th. And it was just announced today that their championship game is going to be in Las Vegas uh, on uh, April 27th of this year. And it's also going to be in Las Vegas in 2020. So the first two AAF championship games are going to be at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas. That's where the Las Vegas posse of the CFL USA played. And the XFL's uh, uh, Las Vegas Outlaws Outlaws played in that same stadium. So, uh, yeah, that stadium is – it's an outdoor stadium, college stadium. So – uh, good for them. Uh, yeah. And, we, and you and I have talked about some. We actually looked at the schedule uh, when it was released the other day. And, uh, yeah. You know, we got some games. We, it, Birmingham and Memphis are the two closest teams to us. And they're both like nine-hour drives from here if we don't stop anywhere. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, Birmingham has got three home games, uh, March 2nd, March 9th, and March 31st. Uh, San Antonio, Orlando, and Atlanta are their opponents for those games. Um, and then Memphis, they've got uh, March 2nd, March 24th, March 30th, and April 13th. Uh, I'm thinking April 13th might be a game to go to. And put it on uh, the cork board. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's get the to-do list already for uh, the 2019 football year. And I, I know you said you wanted to follow the San Diego team. I'm going to follow gonna San be, Diego team. And they are coming to Memphis March 2nd. So I just don't know if the weather is going to cooperate. Uh, you know, I don't want to drive nine hours to go through a snowstorm to, to get down there. But uh, – We'll see. Yep. We'll see what it's like. We'll definitely uh, want to try and go see this new league. We'll and, also make uh, sure that the league doesn't uh, fold two weeks in. Sure, so, uh, sure. Yeah, if they're still around you know, the, towards the end of the season and when the weather starts warming up, we just may uh, head that way and try and take in a game or two. Yep. And, and one thing to take away from looking at this schedule is uh, it's a lot of Saturday and Sunday games. Yep. Nobody so has a bye. Nobody has a bye, uh, but there is one Friday night game, which will happen in the last week of the season. So there will be three nights in a row towards the end of the season hmm. to check out games, which I think is cool, just you know, skimming the schedule as of right now. Uh, I don't think they've announced uh, who their TV partner is going to be or, or if they even have one. Uh, that I'm not sure about. I don't think I've heard anything about it yet. Yeah, but it's not on the schedule, you know, what network is going right. to play. But I'm sure, you know, they, each week they've been slowly roll, rolling out news. And right. so last week we actually got the schedule. And then this week we got the championship game announcement. So yeah. I think maybe from you know from here till you know the time the season kicks out, we're gonna it's gonna start trickling in. They got to start getting names, uniforms. So every week, I bet you we'll be talking about the AAF. They they are not uh, staying quiet right now. Well, they have team names. They I mean, not, you know, uniforms. Right. Uh, you know. Right. And actual players and who's starting quarterbacks. And like, are we gonna finally start getting some names? They they have listed some of the players that some of the teams. Yeah, have but signed. I'm saying like, are we gonna finally get some of those big names? I know that we talked about one guy. Uh, who who was it? Uh, former Ohio State player was it that? I, uh, do not recall. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean. I, I've seen some names, but I haven't paid yeah. too much attention I'm, I'm to I'm waiting them. for, like, that big name, like that one guy, like, oh, I remember him playing in the NFL, and here yeah. he is in the AAF. So, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, and uh, finally, uh, one obituary to talk about, uh, Charles Wang. Uh, he was uh, uh, the, the owner of the NHL. Uh, he owned an NHL team and three arena football teams. He passed away at the age of 74. Uh, Wang is best known as the owner of the NHL New York Islanders from 2000 through 2016. In 2000, he bought the original Iowa Barnstormers team in the Arena Football League and had it moved to New York where it became the New York Dragons. The Dragons played from 2001 through 2008. And Wang also owned two other teams, this time in Arena Football 2, which was the developmental league of the Arena Football League. 
and he owned the New Haven Ninjas in 2002 and the Hawaiian Islanders, who played from 2002 through 2004. So Charles Wang uh, passed away at the age of 74. All right. I guess we are ready for this week's history lesson. Okay. Um, no, no setup, no nothing. You're just going to no, we'll say just, that. No, we're just going to get right into you it. Never, you never give me a setup. <laughs> I, I'd, like to, I'd like to know what we're I'll work on that. The 1944 T-Bowl. During World War II, a team of Canadian soldiers and a team of American soldiers played a football game in London, England. It was dubbed the T-Bowl. While stationed in England, American Army troops received enough uniforms and equipment to field six football teams. A game was soon organized between American and Canadian soldiers as a morale booster for troops from both countries. The game was played on February 13, 1944, just four months before the D-Day invasion of Normandy. There were 30,000 spectators on hand at White City Stadium in London to watch the game. The stadium was built in 1908 to host the Olympic Games. The first half of the game was played under American rules and the score stood at 0-0 at halftime. The second half was played under Canadian rules. The Canadian Army Mustangs scored first in the third quarter and went on to defeat the American Army Pirates 16-6. For their efforts, the Canadian team received a sterling silver teapot. Denny Whitaker was the team captain for the Canadian team. Prior to joining the service, he had been a star quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. The team also featured Paul Rowe, who played for the Calgary Bronx from 1938 through 1940. He went on to play for the Calgary Stampeders from 1945 through 1950, won a Grey Cup championship in 1948, and is now a member of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. A month later, on March 19th, a rematch was played. This time it was called the Coffee Bowl, and the Americans won this time 18 to nothing. There were 50,000 spectators on hand at that game. You may recall a similar history lesson we did about soldiers playing football during World War II in Japan in 1946. That game was known as the Atom Bowl, and it was featured on episode 23 of this podcast. This just goes to prove that not even war can deter football. Another fascinating uh, football story based on World War II. Yeah, I was actually researching uh, a different history lesson when I ran across this, and uh, uh, everything that I found was uh, from uh, Canadian Broadcasting. They they interviewed uh, that uh, uh, Denny Whitaker. Uh, he was you know narrating some footage of the game, and uh, so everything I got was from a Canadian perspective of the game. So I can't tell you who was who was on the uh, American side, but you know they had some former you know CFL players, some former pro players, uh, and I'm sure the Americans had some also. So it was it was just a very interesting story because I had never heard of this before, but I know that. Uh, one of the members, I think, of the um, Professional Football Researchers Association actually wrote a book about all the different games. There, there were a number of games all over Europe. There, there was the Spaghetti Bowl in Italy, you know, between troops of, of you know, between Germany and the United States or uh, Americans and Canadians and, and whatnot. So there were a whole series of games during World War II that were played over there. And uh, I just may have to pick that book up now. Uh, yeah, might as well. After this because, yeah, I, I think there was actually a uh, – uh, a tea bowl two and a coffee bowl two that were played oh. uh, there also. So yeah, a whole series of games over there. Um, something that I, I'm not too familiar with, but I would love to learn yeah, more. Yeah, get it, after get this. it figured out so we can get some more history lessons turned out. <laughs> okay. There's only so much history to go around. Okay, uh, upcoming events. Uh, we have uh, one more game uh, in London this year: uh, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's coming up uh, this week, October 28th. Another 9.30 a.m. You're going to be up to watch that one? Probably, probably. And then uh, uh, on November 3rd, the Canadian Football League's regular season comes to an end. Our playoffs will fast approaching. Two weeks to go, and then we'll know who's playing who in the CFL playoffs. All right, moving on to our weekly picks. Uh, quick recap of last week. Uh, you, my son, went 12-2 and two last yes, week. Yes, 12-2. No thanks week. to the Eagles and Ravens. Yeah, your best week ever. And uh, and I was uh, not far behind at 10-4 and four overall for the week. Your best week. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, right up there. Yeah, I'd say that's the best. Your other best, uh, previous best was 10-5, and five, so mm. I would consider one less uh, wrong. Uh, okay. A good, a good okay. sign. But overall, you uh, have uh, 
a record of 69 and 38, and I have a record of 58 and 49. So Yeah, we're getting better at this. You're at 64%. I'm at 54%. Well, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not uh, bad for, for the amount of time I put into this, which is nothing. Hey, we do this right on the spot, and it's just fun to see. Yeah, you know, like I, I, what I always do. My routine is I will listen to the picks. I'll listen to last week's show before coming in today to do this show, and then it's also recapping. Uh, I already know the games from the weekend and listening to what we thought. And sometimes we sound like complete idiots picking these games. <laughs> like, oh, the Eagles will control this game at home. Nope, instead they got uh, they let down and uh, let the Panthers come back. Sometimes we sound like geniuses. You'd be surprised how many times I sound like a genius or how you sound like a genius. And then you'd also not be surprised how many times we sound like complete morons. So yeah. Yeah. with that, we will try to do that again this week. Are we going to sound like geniuses or uh, inevitably sound like morons? Well, I don't know. Let's start with a Thursday night game. All right. Oh, do you, okay. Do you want me to have you pick first or should I pick first? Uh, Usually we, we go back and forth. You and pick I, the first one and then we'll alternate. All right. Then we'll alternate from there. Okay. All right. So... In Thursday night action, the Miami Dolphins are traveling to Houston to play the Texans. Now, for me, the Dolphins, we saw them play on Sunday. Uh, I don't think they have a bad roster, but they got a banged-up roster. That and a uh, short, short week, and they have to travel to Houston uh, in a team that's won four straight. Give me the Texans. I, I, <laughs> I feel like the Texans are going to take this one. I agree. Uh, Houston all the way in that one. I was not too impressed with the uh, – uh, what I saw out of Miami. I mean, they were four and two, and like I said, they're banged in, up. Detroit starting quarterbacks only two out. wins, and and we just we, I wouldn't say we had an easy time with them, but um, and they they lost a couple of big uh, one of the uh, up and coming receivers during the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Miami's banged up right now, and I definitely they aren't the team I thought they were. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, we both pick Houston. Yep. All right. Now moving over to London, where the Philadelphia Eagles are the designated away team, while the Jacksonville Jaguars are the designated home team. So I throw it to you, who you got. Well, you know, there's been all this talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars possibly moving to London. Uh, Their owner was trying to buy Wembley Stadium. Yeah, that didn't go through. That fell through, so uh, I I don't see them moving to to London anytime soon. What does this have to do with your pick? Uh, (laughs) Other than the fact that, uh, you know, the home crowd is behind them. I mean, Jacksonville's been there every year, so I think uh, British fans like the Jaguars. It's kind of their adopted team. Philadelphia lost that game last week and didn't look real good. Uh, I kind of think Philadelphia will will bounce back and uh, hopefully put together. It's kind of a toss-up game, though, I, I think. But I'm going to go with Philadelphia to, to get back on the winning track. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, in the same line. I think the Eagles will take the game, and they're, they are my official pick. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it ended up being a game like we had last week where the Titans and Chargers play a real close game. Right. But I just feel that, that that Jaguars defense has just not looked great the last few weeks. I feel like the Eagles still have a better uh, roster right now, um, and I'll give the edge to the Eagles as long as they don't blow a 17-point lead again this week. Okay. All right, uh, back to the States, to the continental U.S. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Carolina to play the Panthers. Um and this is a tough one. I, I think this is another toss-up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Panthers team is going to show up, and I don't. I never know what Ravens team is going to show up. But um, I think I'm going to go Ravens. They they lost a tough one, uh, and the Panthers. You know, I think after riding high last week with that comeback win, maybe they are uh, susceptible to being let down after having a big win last week. So I'm going to go Ravens. I agree. Uh, I, I kind of thought that was maybe a fluke that uh, Carolina won last week, but uh, we'll see. I, I just think Baltimore is, is uh, the more consistent team, so I'm, I'm going Baltimore also. All right. Uh, then moving over to our division rival in Chicago where the Jets will travel to play the Bears. Who do you have? Bears. <laughs> that, that's yeah, the, Jet, the Jets got nothing other than a cool uniform. I mean, the Jets. I don't know what Jets team's going to show up. They were uh, 500 going to their game against the Vikings, and they lost. Uh, I just don't know. Is this a Jets team that's going to show up? The Bears' defense is starting to, you know, show some right. holes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I, I do agree. I'm going to go the home team. The Bears will probably take that one. Okay. All right, moving on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, come up north to play in the cold weather of Cincinnati, and I think I'm going to have to go Bengals on this one. Uh, the 
the Buccaneers won a close one, but uh, you know Cincinnati lost a big, big game on Sunday night, and I feel like the Bengals are going to want to come out and uh, play a little better. So I'm I'm going to roll Bengals. I agree. I think Cincinnati is definitely the better team, being at home with their home crowd behind them. Cincinnati. All right, and uh, luckily the choice will go to you first this time, because uh, I don't know where I'm leaning yet. The Seattle Seahawks, off of their bye, uh, after losing their owner, uh, travel to Detroit to play the Lions after the Lions uh, claw back to 500 this season, looking like an improved team. But this will be the biggest test so far this season for the Lions. Who do you have? I think I'm going to go with Detroit. Uh, really? I think winning on the road uh, did a lot for them, knowing that they can now go on the road, beat a uh, a uh, a halfway decent team. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't say Miami. Was I thought Miami decent. was decent. They, but they had a good record. They had four wins, and, and so, they got they got athletes on that team. Yep. So, so, so I think Detroit is finally starting to put it all together, and uh, and I think that uh, they're going to beat Seattle. Oh boy, I I've been thinking about this pick all day long. I've been teetering back and forth. I th- and then it wasn't until today I thought about the oh man they lost their owner last week. Yeah. Uh, during their bye week. Oh, yeah. Could be an emotional time for Could them. be an emotional game for them. Um, I'm curious just from a – because I like, you know, the aesthetic of football uniforms. Like what kind of decal are they going to wear for their uh, owner? Is, yeah. is there going to be a patch on the uniform? I haven't seen anything about that yet. They'll probably start out with a helmet sticker, and then yeah. maybe next year they'll add his initials to the uniform or maybe. something. Maybe. Uh, but I, I'm just – that's one thing I think about. I'm just curious. But the other thing is it's Russell Wilson – the Lions have taken care of two really good quarterbacks. They beat Brady and they beat uh, they beat uh, <laughs> Rodgers, um, and I would put Russell uh, Russell Wilson up in that echelon of quarterback. He's he's a fantastic athlete, um, but my question is, can that Lions defense contain him? And boy, the Lions, <laughs> man, I'm struggling with this. Uh, Come on, make a pick, flip a coin. <sighs> I'm going Lions. Uh, okay. it, it might be a close one, and I, I think Seattle could still win. Oh, yeah. I, uh, but I, if I had if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say Lions. <laughs> <laughs> and you just did. Okay. All right, moving on. The Denver Broncos traveled to Kansas City to play the Chiefs in a uh, AFC West match. And this one's tough. I think this is another one of those coin flip games. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. But the, Chief, the Chiefs just lay on the points week in and week out. Even in a loss, they put up 40 points. So I, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. Uh, if it's anybody but the Patriots and Rams uh, at this point, I think I'm going to have to keep rolling with that Kansas City. Yeah, me too. Uh, Kansas City is at 6-1. and one. Um, They're at home. Uh, it's going to be a good game. Oh, I hope so. It's I mean, be Den- a very Den- good you never game. know what Denver team is going to show up either. Yep. But uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm going with Kansas City also. Okay. And then now in a – NFC East battle. The Washington Redskins travel to New York to play the Giants, and you get the pleasure of picking this first. Hmm. Giants at one and six. Washington at three and three. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Redskins on the road. Okay. Well, <laughs> so far we have picked every game yeah. the same. Yeah. And I'm going to go Giants. You I, are going to go Giants. I'm going to go Giants, and I think it's for this. I feel like they've had so much crap going on. But at some point, the athletes in Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Shaquem, or not Shaquem Griffin, uh, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. They, when you have athletes like that, you the blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. Broken clock is right twice a day. I think the Giants will get another win. I don't, I don't know if the Redskins are as good as they're making out to be. The game is in New York. Uh, the only thing that would have made me go Redskins is the Giants played on Monday night, so they're on a short week. So maybe that helps them focus. I don't know. They they need something, and they played a couple of games real close, and I think this is one they'll take. Now, I'm I'm actually giving the advantage to the New York Giants fans because as soon as the Giants get down by a couple of scores, they are going to turn on Eli Manning, and they're going to turn on that team, and they're going to boo them out of the stadium, and that's just going to fuel the Redskins. So uh, I think the fans are going to – help Washington win the game because they're going to be down on their team. Hey, we'll, New York fans don't like losers. Hey, we'll see. I, I Speaking from a 12-2 and two record last week in picks, um, <laughs> I think I'm going to be right. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. And in a rematch of the week one game that ended in a tie, mm. the Cleveland Browns travel to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Now, um, I, I guess I have to pick first. Mm-hmm. 
I'm borderline about to say tie. I'm a I'm borderline gonna say this <laughs> I game was is gonna, gonna say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a tie again. <laughs> I mean, that, that that screwed us on the week one. We both picked the Steelers to win that game, yep. and it was a tie. Um, I don't know if uh, the Browns are gonna be able to actually win this one. Uh, I definitely think they have a really improved team, but I just think those Steelers right now are getting hot and. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Steelers again for fear that they're going to tie. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking the Steelers also. Can we pick both the Steelers and a tie just in case one or the other happens? <laughs> Pittsburgh or a tie? Pittsburgh or a tie? Okay, yeah, we're gonna make that official. It, nah. It's either gonna be Pittsburgh in a win or it's gonna end in a tie. Again. I'm just kidding. We we both got Pittsburgh, so even if they tie, it'll be a loss for us. <laughs> just like Week One. All right, uh, the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Oakland to play the Raiders. And you get the pleasure of picking this one first. Big, oh boy, big a couple man. of a couple of kind of bad teams. I, I think but. the Colts have a better roster, but the the Raiders just traded away Amari Cooper. Yeah, uh, this Dallas. week we didn't talk about that, but they traded away one of their best receivers for a first round pick to the Cowboys. I just, it looks like they're tanking. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, I'm gonna let you pick first. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Indy. I I think uh, uh, their coach Gruden is uh, is gutting the team. Yeah, uh, and and so I, I think this whole season for Oakland is is going to be a wash. So yeah, I'll take Indianapolis on the road. Same here. I'm going with Andrew Luck and them Colts. All right, and in another rematch, the 49ers go to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Now we remember a couple weeks ago, this is the team the Cardinals got their first win against. Do you right. see them getting their second win? I don't know. These these are both two one and six teams. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm I'm going to go with Arizona just because they're the home team. All right. Well, it looks like we're in a similar situation as to last time uh, when this game happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks. It's week eight. Uh, they played last in week five. So three weeks ago they played. You had picked the Cardinals to win the game, and I picked the 49ers, and you ended up being correct in that one. But uh, you picked the Cardinals again, huh? Yep. Well, I'm picking the 49ers again. I All think right. the Niners will take this one. Okay. Uh, so we have another difference of, an op- <laughs> of opinion. Yeah, that's a real toss-up for, for a couple of bad teams. Yeah. All right. And the Green Bay Packers, off of their bye week, travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams, the unbeaten Rams, who have not let us down when we've picked their games <laughs> this year. And uh, they've won every single game. Yeah. Uh, they've been real easy to pick because uh, that's like a guaranteed win for us usually. Yep. But is this the week? Is this the week that Green Bay shocks them? I don't think so. I'm I'm going Rams. Rams until they lose. Yeah, same here. Uh, I think Green Bay goes out there. Uh, it might be a game. May, but maybe I feel maybe like, makes it a, makes it a game. But I think in the end, LA. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Green Bay's really got a defense to to hang with that Rams offense. Yeah. All right. Um, the New Orleans Saints travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings in a rematch of that fantastic NFC Divisional Playoff game they had last year in Minnesota. Um, and you get to pick this one first, buddy. Well, this is Sunday night football. This is going to be prime time. Um, Minnesota at home, uh, wanting to make a good showing, but I just think the New Orleans uh, Saints are going to be a little bit too much for them. I think Drew Brees has another great day, and uh, I'm going Saints. I Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm rooting for the Saints just because uh, they're playing our division opponent, but I also do think that the Saints at 5-1, and one, just have a loaded offense, and they could give anybody a run for their money at this point. Yep. Uh, so, yep, rolling with the Saints. And in the Monday night showdown, the New England Patriots traveling to Buffalo to play the red-hot – oh, I'm sorry, the uh, <laughs> the extremely cold Buffalo Bills. And uh, I guess I get to pick this first. I'm going to pick Buffalo in an upset. No, I'm, you're I'm not. I'm just kidding. I am taking the Patriots <laughs> to win this game pretty handily. Yeah, New England all the way. Um Sorry, Buffalo, but uh, you just uh, you, you don't have it right now. Uh, I don't know if you will have it this season, but uh, New England is my pick. Yep. So uh, all but two games uh, we picked. Yep. So uh, yep. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. We can't really smack talk much this week. No, no. It's, it's becoming more obvious which which teams are good. Early on, you know, you don't know some of these teams. I mean, we still don't know. They have a, the Lions look terrible in the first week, and since then uh, they've won three games. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, all their bit. games have been close or right. big wins. Right. So yeah. So now after after uh, 
six games, seven games, you're starting to see who are the better teams, who are the uh, the not so good teams. They're still going to be upsets. It, but, uh, yeah, they're still upsets, but it, it makes a lot of the matchups that you're seeing like, well, this team's kind of look like this, this other team's look like this. Yeah. So it's a little easier to figure out like you know, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, but regardless, if that turns into W's or L's, I mean, uh, it's you, it's hard to pick. Yeah. That, that's just all that means. All right, and that's all the games for this week. Only 14 games again for yep. the second week in a row. We've got four teams on by. Dallas, Atlanta, the L.A. Chargers, and Tennessee all have a bye week this yeah. week. Um, we still have one undefeated team, the Rams. And uh, so far we have had t- 10 overtime games this season. Yeah, one, one every week. week of the season. So yeah, will the that Browns continue? have played in four of them. Uh, yeah, we're predicting that uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland will tie again, so we'll have. Uh, that's not week. an official prediction, <laughs> but I wouldn't. Unofficially surprise. official, uh, there's going to be another tie this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is everything I've got on the agenda. Yeah. Uh, we, anything else that uh, has come up while we were talking that uh, we need to know about? Um, not that I've seen. I've been kind of perusing the uh, World of Football Twitter page for some uh, breaking news. I haven't really seen much as of yet. Um, but you know, I think it's safe to say that, uh, whatever we missed can be, uh, well, actually there was a a rest for the Denver Broncos, but I guess we don't have to talk about that. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that, (laughs) but I'd say, uh, well, we can just move on. Whatever we missed, we'll, uh, pick up next week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's all we've got for this week. If you learned something from today's podcast, we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique stories, pictures, and highlights from all over the football world. You can also follow us on Twitter. The address there is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. So please, subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, check out our Facebook and Twitter feeds. Anything that comes out this week, you're going to find it on our uh, Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, any upcoming news, uh, obituaries, you know, we'll, we'll post it all. So uh, uh, some of the things that you see this week, uh, we just might be talking about next week on the show. All right, join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in the world of football. And until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I am the reigning pick champion. Oh, God. We'll see you next week. Play clock at three. Matthews got it back. Sets, looks, throws. He's got Golden Tate who makes the catch. Inside the 15. Inside the 10. And he's breaking away. He's into the end zone. Pack the bags. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over! What a comeback by the Lions!